We in now. Nice. What up? Okay. Welcome to the Chris and Kyle show. You ready, dog? Yeah, I am. How you doing? I'm, I'm, dude, this has been a really fucking great day for me. Oh, I yeah? Know, I don't know about you. Great day? Like, I, cause like, I, I came in and I Is was Is it only great. because the magic was, blew out the Raptors? One of the reasons. Oh, okay. One of the reasons. <laughs> uh, yeah, man. Fucking, uh, wrapped today on, uh, mm-hmm. the, the project that I've been acting on. It's been like my first lead role, uh, only because you don't project. have to talk, though, so they don't know how bad you are. Li- yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's literally nothing but them going, they're like, be sad. Do this. Be happy. Do this. No, do this. Jump. It's great. And you're like, okay. It's fucking great. I don't have to remember lines. Yeah. Great. It's, it was, it's yeah, perfect. It's incredible. Yeah. Uh, no, but it, it's been overall been a really good experience. Uh, experience. Fucking had a lot of, a lot of fun. Nice. Um, met a lot of fun people. Um, really cool project to be on. Uh, so there was that fucking, uh, like there was really like no hitches in the production. Mm-hmm. It's pretty small, right? Really early today. So I was like, Oh dope. I can Watch you know, see game. the magic game. As I was driving back, I was just like super happy, dude. Fucking, um, watch the magic Raptors game. We blew out the fucking Raptors. Kawhi they didn't, didn't play, right? They didn't have Kawhi. Yeah. So th- we've, I yeah. think we've played the Raptors three times this year. We beat them twice. There you go. And but like the Dude. both times that we beat them, so the the first time that we beat them, they didn't have Kyle Lowry wasn't playing. Kyle Lowry, and we but we blew them out that time too. So either so way, so what you're saying is, as long as the really good teams are missing one of their superstars, the Magic will blow them out. Pacers. Okay, so the top three teams in the East right now are the Pacers, Toronto Raptors, and the Bucks, and the Bucks right? And we've beaten all three of those teams. So out of uh, their last ten games, so. I think the Raptors only losses us. Mm-hmm. The Bucks have two losses. We're one of those losses. The Pacers have two losses. We're one of those losses. Nice. But Pacers didn't have Depot. Bucks didn't have Giannis when we played them. <laughs> and the Raptors didn't have Kawhi. That's funny. But, hey, we still beat them. It's okay, em. dude. We Last still- night, the Heat lost by 20 to the fucking Pistons. So, you know. Mm-hmm. Now, That's rough. our superstar was now, out. Justice Winslow. Now... <laughs> Fucking like when you say fucking Pistons, like it's 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 not that the Pistons are a bad team. It's just that that's who you're competing against yeah. for the like, like that's you, who, we, yeah, Pistons, we. Hornets, Nets. Those yeah. are the squads. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, and uh, yeah, and the Heat. Yeah. So like, and we were, uh, like half a game behind the Pistons. So if we had beat them, we would have moved into the eight seat. Mm-hmm. It's bad. Goran Dragic came back though. He played like 15 minutes. He missed like. 32 games. That's a lot. That's our best player. That's a fucking lot. Mm-hmm. So what do you want to start with? You want to start with just ended? Do you want to... <laughs> the Oscars just ended. Mm-hmm. Did, Did you, you watch wanna... any of it? No, but I kept up with them. I didn't. You didn't even keep up? So you don't know I what happened? I didn't watch a single second. Wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. Because last night... Mm-hmm. You were all like, I'll watch them. And I was like, I don't care about watching them. I'll just see who wins. Dog, I, get, I got home today. And watch the Magic Raptors game because, like, mm-hmm. I thought I didn't think that the Magic Raptors game was going to be that early until Sunday, I woke up dog. this morning. Sunday, uh, yeah, but it's Sunday, so it was like a twelve thirty game. So mm-hmm. I was like, oh, it's way before the Oscars. Mm-hmm. And before I knew that, I was like, would I rather watch the Oscars or would I rather watch Magic? The Magic of Raptors course. game. Of and course, I was the like, Magic. I would fucking way rather watch the Magic Raptors game. And after I watched that game, I was just like, 
what do I want to do? Like, like, do I actually want to watch the Oscars right now? Like, mm-hmm. I've only watched the best pictures this year. I don't really care about watching the like the the host isn't going to be there. I don't really care about watching the Oscars this year. Like, and I didn't. So what did you do instead? That. Huh? What, what did, did I do, do instead? instead? I studied, napped, and I was going to guess a nap. Yeah, I got that right. Took a, na- took a good nap. Uh, yeah, and I watched re- watched a lot of Markel Fultz highlights. Okay, there you go. <laughs> I rewatched the first two How to Train Your Dragons instead. Yeah, I heard you listening to it. In preparation. I listened to you watching it. Those are some damn good movies. Let <clears throat> me tearing up a little bit in the second one. Again. Yeah. That scene in the cave. I, you can't really remember what you said, but the scene in the cave with uh, when his dad sees his mom again for the first time. Oh, right. Such a good scene. Sings that song. So good. Gerard Butler going in. Be prepared. So wait, <laughs> it's that song, right? <laughs> no, that's Scar. August Jeremy Irons. Uh, you don't even know who won anything. Nope. Okay, let me make you guess some things. Okay. Who do you think won? I'll start easy for you. Okay. Best song. Uh, hmm. Let me guess. Uh, Kermit the Frog. No, uh, if only. Sh- uh, shallow. Yeah, Shallow won. If you can find it, go online. Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga performed Shallow live at the Oscars. It's great. Yeah, it's, it's good. Oh, it's very good. That was the only thing that I was looking forward to. That's so th- that, that was my thing. I like watching the Oscars. I like seeing people be excited for winning things and doing their speeches and being nice. And mm-hmm. But I, the best thing is seeing the performances of the songs. But they weren't doing all the performances. Kendrick Lamar says they weren't performing all the stars. Uh, they did like a Queen tribute, I guess, to open the Oscars since they didn't have a host. Right. Um. But, you know, Freddie Mercury's dead, so it's not really Queen. Wait, hold on. He's dead? Yeah, dog. Spoilers for the movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that was like the only musical performance that I was like, I, I, that I cared about. And lo and behold, two minutes after it was done, it was just on my phone. So I didn't need to watch. Did you make my chair lower than yours? I didn't touch your chair, dog. Are you trying to James Dean me right now? <laughs> you trying to upstage me? No. You can very, for our audio listeners, you can so very we have, simply raise your chair. For our audio listeners, we have two canvas uh, uh, pictures yep. of uh, Audrey Hepburn and uh, James Dean. And Audrey Hepburn, she, she hasn't been wanting to stay on the wall. She keeps falling. Uh, yeah, she keeps falling off the wall for some reason. Just this particular spot in the wall is really bitchy. Yep. Uh, now she's you balancing. Can't trust on, no bitch. Now she's balancing on like a thermostat. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. Uh, so yeah, Lady Gaga got an Oscar, which is cool. See who, uh, who you think won best score? Best score? Yeah. Fuck, I forgot who Can I give you a hint? He put in work. Oh, Ludwig? Ask Ludwig! Nice. nice. Yeah. Yeah, Ludwig won for, Black Panther won three. Black Panther won best score, um, best costume design which fuck yeah those costumes mm-hmm. like seeing T'Challa in every outfit he wears in that movie makes me like I'm just like I want to dress like that right. it looks awesome and looks super comfortable right uh, three I couldn't dress like that though I couldn't pull it off what was the third one three was production design oh, okay which also makes sense <sighs> not best film <laughs> didn't win best film what won best picture Roma guess again Black Klansman guess again Black Klansman won uh, screenplay Okay, and, that's cool. And director, I think. That's cool. Um, so Spike Lee took some stuff home. Fuck, what else was nominated? What was Green Book? Mm-hmm. Green Book won Best yeah. Picture? Yeah. What? Yeah. I was surprised. Yeah. It seems like the most, 
like mellow movie that could win best picture. You know what I mean? It's it's like it's yeah. What what? what? It's good. Well, it, it's Brooklyn mm-hmm. with a little bit more racism. Mahershala Ali also won best supporting actor, which dude's a baller. I have no problem with that. That's uh, a second. Yeah, two, two two in a row, I think. Or no, not two in a row. He's two for two. He's been nominated for it twice and won it twice. Mm-hmm. Uh, Olivia Coleman won actress. She gave the best speech of the night. I watched that speech. Very good. She's a very funny person. Uh, Olivia Coleman is the favorite. She's the queen and the favorite. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what Regina was your speech about? She was just like blow. Like she couldn't believe she was up there. She was like, oh, right. and you could tell she was like right. a very naturally funny person. Mm-hmm. And she was like super British and shit. Right. Like, yeah. And she kept like, she was like, Glenn Close, you're my hero. Mm-hmm. And like at the very end, she was like, Lady Gaga. <laughs> and Emma Stone was like freaking out. She was like going crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So it was a great, it was a good speech. Nice. Um, Regina King won supporting actress for uh, Beale Street. Mm-hmm. Who won lead actor? Oh, Rami Malek. Obviously. I get it. So, uh, like, Bohemian Rhapsody started, like, winning shit. It won, like, three awards in a row. Mm-hmm. It won, like, sound design and sound editing, sound mixing, like, stuff like that. And people were like, oh, no, is this about to happen? Is Bohemian Rhapsody about to, like, clean up at the Oscars? And people were getting worried on Twitter. Right. And I was like, I hope that doesn't happen. The, I'm down with Rami Malek, though. That, it's fine. Yeah. That, if it were to win one award, mm-hmm. it, it would be that award. That would be the one award it should win. Yeah. What one best animated feature? You mean the only award that I had any stake in that I cared about? Was it Spider-Verse? Fuck yeah, it was Spider-Verse. Nice. Hell yeah, dude. Nice. Yes. Uh, Phil Lord and Chris Miller have officially won an Oscar. That's dope. Yeah. I'm excited for them, especially after a fucking Lego movie didn't get a nomination. Yeah. Very cool. cool. That was the only, like, I was like thinking about it before they started and I was like, do I really care about what wins best picture or any of these acting roles? And I was like, not really. I'm not really passionate mm-hmm. passionate in any way about any of these. I knew Shallow was going to win, so I wasn't worried about it. But the Oscars have such a uh, reputation of you know bungling things that I was like, if they don't give it to Spider-Verse, I'm going to have to freak out. I don't know how I would freak out, but I'd have to do it some way. Mm-hmm. No, I don't have to. They did mm-hmm. it. They did the right thing. Got it. Nothing against Incredibles 2 or Isle of Dogs or... You know. Did you see Isle of Dogs? Yes, I did. Really liked it. Hmm. Isle of Dogs, not the dogs. Get Isle, it right. I didn't, did I say Isle of the Dogs? Yes, you did. <laughs> I did think you I see like, it? No, I think I... Did you well, see yeah, it? Well, yes, I saw it. Oh, okay. yeah. yeah. It was a good movie. Yeah. So. You want to know something crazy about that movie? You... Mm-hmm. It is about me. Okay. Uh, let, me, let me guess. Mm-hmm. Something crazy about the movie mm-hmm. involving you. Mm-hmm. You you made the movie. You're Wes Anderson. No. It is the first Wes Anderson movie I've ever seen. Really? Mm-hmm. All that time you spent with Jamie, that's the first time mm-hmm. that you've seen a Wes Anderson movie? Mm-hmm. Surprising. Jamie, what are you doing? I'm calling out to you. <laughs> yeah, first one I've ever seen. I liked it. But are you gonna no are you gonna, near as much as Spider Verse? Are you gonna look like back on other Wes Anderson movies? I'd like to see Moonrise Kingdom. I definitely want to see Grand Budapest. Uh, I don't know if I like movies like Bottle Rocket and Life Aquatic might be a little too weird for me, but I'd still probably give them a chance. 
I think the bottle rocket's a little bit more reserved than like yeah. aquatic. Like visually, it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a lot because it's literally like the first movie. Or uh, like the Fantastic Mr. Fox. Yeah, I'd, I'd I'd watch all of them. But like Fantastic Mr. Fox, like it's almost like it, because it's an animated movie, mm-hmm. like it almost it fits the. It's stop motion too, right? It makes sense. You know what I mean? Like the the visual styles make sense, and like mm-hmm. the weirdness kind of like it falls into. You know, like sometimes you can buy the the world at like yeah easier when it's uh, when it's animated. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, that's the Oscars. That's it for the Oscars. There's that's no, all I can remember off the top of my head. Was there any other performances? Queen opened. Oh, so it was actually Queen. Yeah, it was the band Queen. But, but I think Adam Lambert a, sings for them now. Okay, I think it's him. Uh, so they did like apparently like a I saw it was like a, a mini concert. I thought you and there's like, a gif going around of I think Javier Bardem like rocking out. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, no, I thought you meant like they played like a medley. No, or no, something. no, no, no. Actual performance. Okay. And it opened, so instead of having like a monologue from a host, they just were like Queen's playing. Okay. Which uh, get a host, you losers. Uh, that's the Oscars. You know what yeah. I'm talking about anymore. Move on. I didn't watch them. Mm-hmm. I just, no, obviously I'm just reporting the news. I don't know. <laughs> you wanna, you got any? Was there any movie news this week? I feel like there wasn't really. Let me get my notes out because you know I'm prepared. <laughs> I got a lot of sports stuff on here, but I don't have any movie stuff. Do you watch anything this week? Nah, dude. You've been pretty busy. I'm stupid busy. Mm-hmm. That's why I've like. That's why like I kind of had no interest in the Oscars because mm. like I literally only saw the. Best Picture nominees and the shit that I just happened to see a lo- like throughout the yeah. course of the year, you know, like the Spider Verses and shit like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, like I wanted to see the the shorts, which I'm not even sure if they're going to be out after the Oscars airs. Yeah, who knows? Uh, I don't know. I went to the movies yesterday and they were showing. Uh, they had a theater dedicated to the animated shorts and a theater dedicated an- to the live action shorts. AMC. Yeah, the the AMC Five by us. Uh, but I saw Fighting with My Family. Oh, you did? Yeah, I really liked it. You liked it? Yeah, dude, it was really good. I don't know about that movie, man. I'm not sure if I'm going to like it. You'll like it. I'll like it. I think you'll like it. Like, I don't... What is your reservation? It just seems kind of meh. Like, do, do you, like, you, know, being, like, do you a, like feeling like heartwarming stories? Is it heartwarming? Yeah, for okay. sure. All right. For sure. The, I would say like the... Okay, so the redeeming quality for me is Stephen Merchant like I like Stephen Merchant he's also in it small role he is small role yeah funny though The Rock's in it briefly playing himself he's playing like the Instagram version of himself which I'm into okay it's like really motivational okay (laughs) do you want to as your light get me messing with anything just wondering on your mic it's just like blinding me is the only reason I say it cool but yeah I'm telling you though, dude. I tweeted this after I saw it. Get on. I'm. I, this isn't just for you. This is for the world. Get on the Florence Pugh bandwagon while you still can, because it's gonna turn into a train mm-hmm. and it's gonna leave the station. Mm-hmm. And then if you're like, oh man, Florence Pugh's great, and it's gonna be like, bitch, because mm-hmm. what? You, you yeah. should have known this forever ago. Yeah. She was in other stuff. Because once that Greta Gerwig movie hits, dude, people are gonna be like, oh okay. I'm telling you, it's going to happen. Little women? I can feel it in my bones. Little down women. in my plums. 
<laughs> you know who yeah, else is really good in that movie? Nick Frost. He's a funny like, guy. Yeah, Nick yeah. Frost is a funny Frost dude. Is great. So is Lena Headey. Dude, Lena Headey is extremely talented. Extremely. I'm trying to think of other things that I've seen her outside of Game outside of, of Game of Thrones. Uh, she was in the the Brothers Grimm. Mm. I remember her in that. Don't remember her much else. It doesn't matter. Game of Thrones is enough for me to know how talented she is. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I guess that's all the movie news. I still. I'm trying to finish Umbrella Academy. I watched a couple more episodes this week, but nice. didn't finish it. It's really good. I really like it. Um, yeah, I don't think. I think I wanted to bring up it. like a like uh, philosophical writing question. Do it. When you write dialogue, <clears throat> do you like what is the extent to which you oh, act it out in your own head? Uh, do you say it out loud? It do depen- you act it out. It like, depends physically? on. Uh, depends on what go through I'm in. Like if I'm just trying to get it on the page, I won't do that. If I'm like, I have to get the scene down so that I can go back and then actually flesh the scene out. You know what I mean? All right. Uh, it depends on if I'm having trouble figuring out, especially if there's like a lot of characters. Like if you're at a scene with like four or five plus characters and you're like trying to keep track of where everyone is and trying to keep everyone involved in some way with the scene, then I might do it like that just on the first run through just to make sure I have a sort of a placeholder of where everyone is and where everyone's mindset is and what they're bringing to the scene. Otherwise, why are they there? Right. Um, yeah, I think I should do it more. I, I've heard that it's super helpful. Act, like acting yeah, out. Like reading it out loud. Say, you're reading but it, out it loud. seems to me more like something I would do on a revision. Like I would, I would get a first draft done and then go through. And when I'm revising, mm-hmm. I would really try to... I think like batching down dialogue would be one of the last things I would do. And I'm talking from more uh, like uh, prose writing than screenwriting. Obviously, right. I feel like dialogue is more important in screenwriting because uh, it's you know it's more of what you're writing is dialogue, unless you're writing like something that's silent. Uh, but when you're writing like a book or something or a comic or something, so, comics use it more than books. But like you know something with less less where performance is going to take over what's being written. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like it's more important to have everything where you want it and everything happening the way you want it. And then going back and being like, let's really fine tune the dialogue to enhance everything. Mm -hmm. Cause then I feel like when you have your story done and you know, everything's going, then you can really use the dialogue to push toward everything. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I get what you're saying there. Like from a, like a a plot standpoint, Mm -hmm. like that, like you're, well, and a character. Once you know where your characters exactly. are going I, and who your characters are, I th- yeah, I think that's the the key, like mm-hmm. the key point to uh, creating good dialogue is knowing yeah. your characters. I think that's like knowing what your characters want yeah. and uh, subtext. Sure, like knowing your, what your characters want and having them not say it. Mm-hmm. Which there's I. F- so I actually watched a YouTube video recently about dialogue and they said the same thing. That's one of like the most important mm-hmm. parts of writing dialogue. And I was like, yeah, I, I don't think it's like absolutely necessary. Well, I was like, like, I get that. But as a viewer of things, that can be the most frustrating thing for me. Sometimes it just drives me nuts. I'm just like, these characters are just being fucking stupid. No one's saying the way. Do you have they, any examples? Not at the top of my head. I feel like it happens all the time though. Just the idea of like, like if me and you right now, we're having some sort of flare up, but neither of us were saying anything. Mm-hmm. It would just be like if when someone was watching it, mm-hmm. it's just really frustrating. Like if me and you were arguing over yeah, this over, painting. Oh, 
Right. Yeah. You uh, mean like whether or not it's a painting? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I just created an argument <laughs> yeah. about it. Um, but really our relationship was crooked. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I think there's like a... And by relationship, I mean friendship. I think, I think people <laughs> kind of got that. I just wanted that out there. It made me feel weird. I mean, now I'm hurt. Just, just sounded well, so off put by I've gotten it. into like, like uh, I remember getting into an uh, argument one time with uh, one of my girlfriends that wasn't my girlfriend anymore. And I said something about our relationship mm-hmm. and she was like, we're not in a relationship. Oh, and so I was she like, took it I was like different context. I was like, you know what I mean by relationship? Like the way that we relate to each other. Mm-hmm. Like, the dictionary like, definition. I was like, me and my mom have a relationship. Yeah. You know, it's not a romantic relationship, yeah. obviously. It's just, but it's still a relationship. Mm-hmm. I mean, what ours, we is, about? ours is romantic. Okay. Ours is romantic. <laughs> so, okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, no, so like, you know how uh, like Max Landis, uh, he, uh, the, the, I forgot what the fuck he was talking, like what it was in, but he was talking about how movies depict child playing with toys and he was that. like uh he was like i feel like every time they show a kid playing with toys like it's always like they're doing it wrong you know like the kids are always like <laughs> <laughs> yeah like and and but he but he was like when i was a kid and i had toys and i was playing with them i kind of just held them and they talk to each other and they talk to each other yeah. and like and you and everything happens in your head and he was like they're just kind of like totems for your, your imagination mm-hmm. And, uh, I don't know, like I, I was like, I was thinking about dialogue and I was thinking about like a lot of the, the things that I do like naturally, like when I think and I tend to, when I'm thinking about situations and I'm like imagining situations in my head, I'll like tend to mouth words and shit or like I'll, I'll act them out accidentally just because I'm imagining them. Um, like yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. Uh, I can't come up with uh, any examples, really. But, uh, you know, like, if, if I think of a line, like, mm-hmm. I'll mouth the words to the line as I'm thinking of them, you right. know? And I do the same thing when I'm writing dialogue, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, if I'm, like, trying to... I'm, I mean, hopefully I'm not even trying to do it. I'm just... I end up in the immersion of the experience of writing, yeah. and I'm in the environment so good, like, that... Uh, I end up just kind of like being in that, that totem moment, you know, of mm-hmm. like, okay, like my dialogue or the, is the, the toys in this moment. And like, I end up, I don't know. I just, I, I wanted to, cause I know that Sorkin, he kind of acts out his dialogue. He came from an acting um, background too. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tarantino came from an acting background. You can tell if you watch Django. Just, <laughs> <laughs> um, Fucking dude, Quentin Tarantino's not a bad actor, dude. He's he's he gets shit on for that Django performance. It's just a bad accent. Fucking uh I like him in uh Dust Till Dawn. I like I like him in that movie. Uh anyways, like I don't know, I just wanted to get your two No, I, that's something that uh you see people talk about how that's something you should do. You should vocalize your I dialogue. never really do it like I you don't perform it I don't perform it I don't you know what like I've never done it either but I like I can see how it would help like this is the extent of what I'll do I'll go 
That's it. For those listening, Chris just mouthed the words to himself. Mm-hmm. That's it. <laughs> yeah. I, I, won't, I won't sit there and like actually act out. Well, it's also just like subconsciously, like it's kind of weird, right? Like if you, if I was sitting out here just like talking to myself, mm-hmm. writing, yeah, and you were in your room, person. you'd be like, what the fuck is he doing out there? But that, I mean, we should be completely okay with that. Yeah, we should. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, because of the underlying uh, romantic tension in our relationship, <laughs> we can't talk to ourselves. We're just always trying to impress each other. Yeah. Um, and you know, another thing, you brought up Sorkin and I was kind of thinking about it. People always talk about like realistic dialogue, right? And they're like, go to a coffee shop and just listen to people talk. Don't ever write that. That would be bad. Well, so Sorkin brings up, he was like, you don't want real dialogue. Exactly. Uh, that's why Sorkin real dia- think of it. Well, so, anything Sorkin writes is enhanced humanity. It's yeah. like superhumans and their superpower is conversation. But the, but the thing is like the... It's, but it's not without realism because there's still the mm, ahs and yeah, you know certainly the fucking the, the, the trip ups that you know. Um, but I think that with I think you can fall into a, a, a pit of mistakes if you're if you focus too hard on being like this dialogue needs to be really realistic. Right. I need to make it sound real. Right. So there's a, a book uh, that I would highly recommend on dialogue by Tom Chiarella. Um, Chiarella. Sure yeah. Can I guess how to spell it? Go ahead. C H I A R E L L A. Got it. Chiarella. It. Spelling be yeah, champ. Yeah, just like Chia Pet. Never was. Um, but yeah, Tom Chiarella. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's just called uh, Writing Dialogue. Yeah. Uh, but he, in like the beginning of the book, he outlines like seven tips, but it's really like eight tips. Um, and it's like, the mo- they're very superficial like techniques. Mm-hmm. Um, but... It's like interruption, reversals, uh, echoing, echoing, <laughs> silence, um, uh, shifts in tone and pace. Uh, he, he uses that as like one bullet. So is that um, why it's eight? But that's uh, yeah. It's like yeah. that's why it's kind of eight. And I forgot the two other ones: um, idiom and detail. Got all. You didn't forget them. Got them. Nailed um, it. But uh, fucking. That one page, that one like one little list, I was like, that's a fucking great list. I'm just going to take that out, fucking put that in my brain. <laughs> um, but like having I'm not that, even going to read the rest of this book. So having like like those are like the techniques that you should be pulling out of real conversation, mm-hmm. right? When you hear people that have silence, you know, that are repeating the same things over, yeah. we're echoing each other. Echoing you know? each other? Uh, <laughs> um, like when you hear a certain idioms, right? Interrupting? Like, so like uh, when... Uh, both of us are talking about basketball and we bring up PER, right? Yeah. Uh, or, you know, fucking uh, certain details about our past, uh, you know, fucking talking about UCF, right? Something yeah. specific like that. Um, fucking or anytime you say anything about the Navy. I, as I say interruptions, you say you interrupt me. Uh, yeah, but like those are the things that you should be we taking that from beforehand. from mural dialogue, as well as knowing who your characters are, knowing what they want, and mm-hmm. fucking. There's a really interesting story that uh, uh, Matt Colville told on a video once. I forget <clears throat> what video it was in, but uh, not only does he you know do his YouTuber Kickstarter Twitch stuff for D and D, but he's also an author. He has two uh, 
fantasy novels that he published independently <clears throat> and then went back and got an editor to go do a rethink on them, and, and now they're better but they're pretty well-selling novels and I really liked them I got them both I really like them a lot and he was talking about how he was having a really hard time figuring out who his lead was and then he had this moment where he just was like typing 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 was having a conversation with another character and this other character is like super flamboyant and kind of easier to get a grasp on because of that mm-hmm. whereas the lead Hayden is kind of more reserved and then he just typed, Hayden shrugged as a response to something the dude said. And he was like, in that moment, I figured it out. Just from that simple, the way he responded to that. And in his mind, he was like, oh, I get him now. Like he understands the character? He understood more? the character right. just from that. Hayden shrugged. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's crazy. I want to have that kind of epitome with the character. That sounds cool. Mm-hmm. And I think I had seen that before I read his books. So when I was reading them, I was like, yeah, I get it. I get what he means by that. Because when you hear it like in a vacuum, like you are right now, right. you're like, I don't understand. He shrugged? That. What do yeah. you mean? And it's it's something when, when you actually read the book, you're like, oh, I completely understand what he's talking about. Yeah. He's just kind of, his reaction to life is, eh, figure it out. Like kind of like that. We'll push through it. Yeah. He shrugged. Mm-hmm. I thought that was cool. You got any other, any more enlightening thoughts on writing uh not really are you taking you one of your classes has writing involved right well you have the speech one Mm -hmm. so you have to write speeches yeah and you're taking a film class right yeah intro to screenwriting that's right i'm learning so much yo don't be don't be like that be open I should be. Yeah, dude, stop being like that. don't act superior i i have to what what do you have that those other people don't have man what 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 do I have that those other what, people... Why can't they offer you anything? Are you talking about the teacher? Anyone. What? <laughs> <laughs> the teacher, other students, the janitor, <laughs> the cleaning people, anybody. Anybody could... I don't could. understand what you're saying. Either way, I need to be more open. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Because it's like... It's it's it's, it's really... Uh, that, that class is really... I've had one. I've only had that class once so far. I'm gonna have my second class tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I mean, because over because it it's gonna be my third week. week yeah. It was a holiday last week. I only have it once a week. Mm. Uh, but like, uh, I, like I got to this class and I was like, oh, it's intro to screenwriting. Like I'm a super excited, but b also very like like. Ugh. Like, uh, okay, like, yeah. I already know, like, you know, he's, like, he, he's passing out handouts that say, like, creating a good protagonist, and I'm, like, all right, um, and, like, the, the recommended book is Story by Robert McKee, which I've read, and mm-hmm. I already own, um, well, you didn't have to buy a textbook, that's good, yeah, it's pretty dope, yeah, um, but, uh, the entire time, like, as the, the teacher's talking, and he was somebody who's, like, he's pretty well-esteemed in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, he was somebody, I think, that he was, like, on 60 Minutes. Uh, he's wrote a couple of things. Uh, but <clears throat> he was talking about certain things, and, like, in my head, I was going, like, I'm not sure if I really agree with that. And Dude, it's college. Was, You're supposed to vocalize that. Huh? You're supposed to like vocalize those things. In I don't know, man. I don't know about. You don't want to be that guy. No, not in this class. That like I I will literally be dead quiet in this class because 
there's someone in my class already. Oh, this is that, that class. Oh yeah. that, that, that girl. Yeah. There's like basically a Hermione Granger character yeah. that just is constantly like raising her hands and, and, and just being like, Oh, well like I, I've already written my feature line screenplay and I actually believe about this. This is the way that I do Dude, it. Dude. Like things like that make me think I could never be a teacher. Yeah. I, mean, I just like want to strangle them. Right. You're just like, shut up. Yeah. Especially if you're like that dude, you're like the dude's like, I've actually but, done things, girl. Listen to yeah, me. And, well, yeah. And, but like, that's the, but she's also, so I'm confronted with, she's like a mirror of mm-hmm. like, you know, that part of me, mm-hmm. uh, that's the, you know, believe that like the, there's a little bit more, more superior, uh, mm-hmm. than this class. And I'm just like, like let you don't do get it. it, girl. Just let like, and yeah, I'm like, okay, ask questions. Don't do that. I'm like, I'm like, but I'm, I'm looking at her and I'm like, okay. I can't let that be me, yeah. you know? Um, but well, like, I, think there's I also there's don't a... want to stifle my own enthusiasm for the, yeah. for the craft, yeah. right? Which has an abundance. <laughs> <laughs> there's also like a difference, I think, between being an annoying pusher backer and just mm-hmm. asking questions. True. Sort of, there's just a different way to posit the thought, you know what I mean? Well, because I, I did that. I was asking questions. Because yeah. like he was talking about, uh, he brought up <clears> something <throat> in the class about how you want to have uh, you want to have an and but no but like I'm gonna try and like improv yes and no I don't think that's I, I didn't really think about it in that way what I was relating it to was um, Trey Parker's and, and Matt Stone's thing uh, so Trey Parker and Matt Stone oh, oh. Flesh this out. These are the Before creators I go of South. Into what, these are the creators of South Park. Yeah, Trey Parker and Matt Stone, creators of South Park, uh, went to a college uh, screenwriting course or whatever, right? And they said, uh, "Well, okay, during our writing process, we kind of learned something, and you guys might already know this, and it might seem overly simplistic and dumb, but they were like, so we realized that with all of our beats, with all of our plot points, that you shouldn't have an and in between them." You, you should either have a therefore or a but, right? So, um, uh, Cartman uh, tries going to the park, uh, but, but uh, Kyle's dad died, but his uh, <laughs> mom won't drive him uh, because she's getting nailed by the plumber. There you go. Right? That, that makes more yeah. sense. Um, uh, therefore... Uh, Cartman, Cartman goes to, to steal, someone else. Yeah. Cartman has to steal a car, yeah. you know, th- like that's, some bananas. Yeah. yeah. Shenanigans ensue. <clears throat> but if you have, uh, well, okay. Cartman, uh, wants to go to the park and he goes to the park and, uh, meet someone and, you know, like, well, like you don't want, well, don't, just in terms of using the action words there, uh, but, and therefore, mm-hmm. but, Gives you conflict, mm-hmm. which is essential to storytelling. Mm-hmm. Therefore, pushes you towards the next exactly. part. So exactly. it, it makes I mean, sense. It's, but it's yeah. Whereas it's, and just kind of compounds and it's nothingness. Yeah, but it's uh, it's causality. Yeah, you want your pl- plot points to interact with each other mm-hmm. instead of just being sequential. A B C D. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that's what I was thinking in my head as he was going about this, and it's not really what he was trying to say. I don't mm-hmm. think. Uh, so he was saying that like. You want, I think that his ultimate point was that his, that your causality should be organic to the plot. So you don't want it to be Eric Cartman tries to go to the park, but, uh, 
There's and a meteor storm. Yeah, but there's a meteor. Yeah. And but, the park exploded. Uh, fucking, uh, yeah, but then an airplane fucking crashes through his bedroom, you mm-hmm. know, like. Which. I save mean, that for like, like surrealist moments so they hit harder. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Save that nonsense. <clears throat> but like, wh- yeah, but I was, I was asking him about that, you know, mm-hmm. like, cause I was, I, I didn't really understand what he was trying to say. Cause like, it almost seemed, sounded at first, like he was saying the complete opposite of, of what Trey Parker, Trey Parker was saying. And Matt Stone saying, yeah. yeah. So do, do you think that maybe the best thing that you can get out of a screenwriting one-on-one course is the work that you give the student, the feedback he gives you? Can you ask that again? The best thing, because you're going into the class thinking you've already read a bunch of screenwriting books and watched countless videos on the basics of screenwriting and screenwriting tips, and you feel like you're going to already understand or know a lot of the things you're going to learn in a right. 101 course. Right. Because you've already put a lot of work into it. Right. But maybe the best thing you can get out of the course is him reviewing your work. Yeah. And the feedback he can give yeah. you. I, th- I mean, I think there's going to be a lot of things. I think yeah. that like any time that's spent on the craft... and. I learned this in wrestling, you know, like the Matt time. Uh, well, well, Matt, Matt time is, is a big thing. Right. But like, there's a Dan Cable quote that's like, you know, whenever I was struggling, I went back to the basics. Okay. Um, but like it, it, that's your foundation. You, mm-hmm. you always have to work on that foundation. You know, that's why like the best wrestlers in the world are always working singles, doubles and high cross fundamentals, baby. Yeah. Tim Duncan, mm-hmm. the big fundamental. <laughs> That's not his best nickname, by the way. That belongs to Old Man Riverwalk. Great nickname. I can even appreciate it more because I've seen the Riverwalk, and it's awesome. I'd be proud to be named after that place. Old Man Riverwalk? Well, the Riverwalk. And he is Old Man Riverwalk. Mm -hmm. That's cool. You want to talk about some sports? Yeah, let's do it. What do you... Let's see... What do you want to talk about first? You want to talk about Draymond? Well, he got hurt, right? Huh? It's not serious, though. No, I was going to talk about him signing with Clutch. I don't care. You don't care about this? Is all, no, it's all overblown. I don't give a fuck about it. No? The Clutch stuff? Don't care. You don't think that, uh, that it hints at anything? Collusion? No. Why do you think that he would sign with Clutch? Do you think that's just... Because like, I think Rich Paul's a good agent. Okay. Like, why can't that be enough? You think that he's a good agent even after the, all this Anthony Davis stuff? Maybe um, just because he made maybe a wrong move. Right. And like, why does this necessarily mean he's a bad agent? That dude's still going to get stupid money somewhere. He's still going to get traded. Anthony Davis is? Yeah, he's still going to get traded somewhere. And if his end goal is still to play for the Lakers, he can still end up there. The mistake he made was maybe pulling the trigger too hard too quickly. Well, I, I just think that there's a... There's a big importance as an agent, right, to maintain the, what's the word? Image of the player? Yeah, maintain the image of the player, right? And this is the- I don't know, man. I don't feel any differently about Anthony Davis. I think a lot of people do. Yeah, probably, but I also think a lot of people are idiots. I think that the approval rating on Anthony Davis is drastically different than it was- you know, a month ago, two months ago, whenever, b- before all this stuff. Yeah, you're happened. probably right about most people, but I. And just this personally. is the second thing that, because he was also involved with the decision, right? Rich Paul. Yeah. Was yeah, he around? Well, he's LeBron's yeah. agent. He's LeBron's agent, right? So, but I mean, that was, was squarely on LeBron's shoulders. That was LeBron's thing. Like okay. people weren't even mad at Chris Bosh; they were just mad at LeBron. You know what I mean? Right. No one was mad at Dwayne Wade. 
Oh, okay, hold on. So, like, I don't really understand the the madness of the decision thing. Why people were mad? Right. Okay. Because he so, left Cleveland. That's it. Oh, I'll, okay, I'll take that back. He left Cleveland, which is his home. I thought it was from, the publicity thing. Which all went to, to charity. charity. Yeah. I, I agree with you. I don't, I don't, I don't see any problem with it. Obviously people, the people who are mad about the, pu- the publicity thing of the decision are just haters and you can't appease. We them. also have to recognize our own bias though. Sure. Because obviously they, uh, they teamed up to go to the one team that you love. Right. So you're going to love it. <laughs> like, but um, also I'm the kind of person who would have been cool with that if they went anywhere. Yeah. I w- they could have gone to Boston True. and I would have been mad at Dwayne Wade. I would have been like, how dare you go there of all places? But I wouldn't have been mad about the thing. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. <clears throat> but yeah, it's just the people, I, I literally had a manager at my last store I worked at in Gainesville who some news came out about when LeBron opened his school, he said, oh, I wish I could remember the exact quote because it blew my like. He said this to me and my reaction, I'll show you my reaction after I say the quote. He said something along the lines of, I can never take anything that LeBron James does seriously because him leaving Cleveland for Miami shows me that he's a horrible person. That's paraphrased. It was even like more grotesquely elegant than that. Mm -hmm. And I literally just went like this. This is my manager speaking to me. So I Mm -hmm. gawked. My mouth dropped open. Mm -hmm. My eyes got big and I was like, two or three seconds pause and I went I literally said to him I was like I can't take any of your opinions seriously now mm-hmm. and I just walked away from him I just couldn't believe it mm-hmm. I couldn't believe it I was like how can you see all of the things that someone like LeBron James has done in his career and try to crucify him for something that isn't that big of a deal right people act like he committed some mortal sin like he murdered somebody it's crazy. That's a stain on his reputation for life. That he te- he teamed up with his friends and he made a really good team so he could compete with that Boston Big Three and I, win the East. I love the situation. And win the titles. I love the situations like that you get with like it usually happens with like coworkers, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but like they'll say something so outlandish that you're like, I don't even know. How I don't know how to, to respond to you. At. Like I remember at uh, when I worked at Bill's Car Wash, somebody <laughs> yeah, dude, said, "Throwback, dude." Somebody brought up how they were Wait. a Patriots fan. Okay, so it wasn't Tommy. They were a Patriots. No, it wasn't. Shout Tommy. out Tommy, we love you. They were a Patriots fan, and they were, and this was after they had been to the Super Bowl the previous year, but didn't win. Did they sometimes like, we should fire Bill Belichick? They said that they should get rid of Bill Belichick, and that was the reason that the Patriots didn't win the Super Bowl the previous year. Dude, there are certain things that people can say that just let you know you can't take their opinion seriously. Mm -hmm. It's just a thing. I've probably said something on this show to where someone else is like, I can't listen to anything that dude ever says. It's just, he's too stupid. Yeah. I, have, I probably have way more. <laughs> some shit that I'm like, wait, what? Yeah. Oh, man. Because I'll just get caught in a roll. Yeah. Yep. Then I get caught in like, a loop. Yeah. Yeah. And oh, then I man. just like, I like I don't know, like I, I, I start like hacking into some Stephen A. Smith <laughs> vibration or something. And he just, my personal friend. <laughs> my close and personal friend. <laughs> that is preposterous. Oh, my God. 
I get the same. Bamboozled. <laughs> Hoodwinked. <laughs> you're not even doing an impression. You're just half yelling ridiculous words. Yeah. Which, you know, it's just a bad impression. <laughs> I don't really, I don't have a Stephen A. Smith. You I just you, say the thing. Can you says. do it without being racist is the problem. Yeah, that's really. the problem. Yeah. Um, oh man, what was I gonna say? Uh, the 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 LeBron thing. There's something to do with that. We were talking about LeBron. Mm-hmm. Talking about how LeBron going to Miami made some people hate him. Uh, Rich Paul, Anthony Davis. I don't care about Rich Paul. Draymond. Yeah, I I, for, yeah. I, I forgot that he did that. It was such an in and out thing. That was one of those things where Bleacher Report sends me an update, and I'm like, leave me alone, Bleacher Report. I don't care. You don't think that like. What do you think the Warriors are going to look like next year? Uh, I'm going to say no KD. Everybody else will still be there. Yeah? Yeah. Do you think the Warriors... I think at the very least, Steph and Clay will still be there. I don't think Clay's going anywhere. I, I, I agree with you there. I think that... One... Either one or both of KD or Draymond will leave mm-hmm. next year. Mm-hmm. Well, I think if KD stays, Draymond will leave. I agree. I think they have to. There's no way that you know what else though. What Draymond doesn't give any team as much uh, value as he gives the Warriors. I don't think. I think I think it's such a perfect fit there with his skill set because of his inability to shoot. His yeah, scoring in general. I mean, a Draymond stat line is six, twelve, and twelve with two steals and two blocks, and shooting you know one of six from three or something. Draymond's a great player, but I don't know if he ever would have become an all-star if he wasn't on the Warriors. Nuggets. Well, so they bench Paul Millsap? Yeah, if they didn't have Paul Millsap, they did some type of... I think that Draymond would be a better fit than... Or not a better fit, but I think he'd be a better player than Paul Millsap on the Nuggets. I don't know if he'd start over Paul Millsap. Paul Millsap's way better. If they had both of them? Paul Millsap is underrated. He's old, though. But so Draymond's sneaky old too. Draymond's like 31, 32. I think. Paul Millsap, like he doesn't have the defense that Draymond does. Well, no one does. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But but Paul Millsap is also a really good defender. And he brings way more offense. <sighs> okay, so he's a, a good defender. <clears throat> but what is the one thing that the Nuggets don't have? Like, like is a Draymond type. He could anchor the Nuggets. Yeah, defense. but their defense is sneaky good. They're like a top 10 defense. Are they a top 10 defense yeah, this year? I'm pretty sure they were. I know they were. I don't know if they still are, but they were. Okay. Yeah. Because going into the season, that was the thing. It was like the Nuggets are going to be this offensive firepower. Yeah. I don't, that's not what I meant to say, and it just came out of my mouth. That was weird. Uh, it yeah. made sense. Powerhouse is what I meant to say, not firepower. Mm-hmm. Powerhouse, and their defense is going to be bad, cause, mostly because Jokic is so not a rim protector. Right. But... They make it work. And a big part of it is Paul Millsap, I think, when he's healthy. Well, Jokic is also playing way better on defense. Yeah, than a lot and of when he's healthy, Gary Harris is a great But defender. I thought that they fell off after the beginning of the year. I don't think so. I mean, we might be wrong. We can look it up, but I don't feel like <clears throat> it's too complicated. Because mm-hmm. then you got to look at, like, which defensive stats do you want to look at? Defensive rating, points per 100 possessions, points per game, bunch of nonsense, shooting percentage allowed, Projected shooting percentage allowed. There's so many statistics. It's so hard to pick which ones matter or which matter more than others. 
Basketball's for nerds. True. Here's my thing with the Draymond thing, right? Because, like, I didn't think that Anthony Anthony Davis uh, signing with Clutch was a big deal. Mm-hmm. I didn't. Like, There's I was a lot of, like, Isn't Ben Simmons with Clutch? Yeah. 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 Um, I think uh, Zion might sign with Clutch, I think I saw. Yeah? Yeah. But, um, yeah, and then just, like, after all this Anthony Davis stuff, I don't think that it means nothing. I don't think that it means that, like, him going to the Lakers is the most it's, possible outcome. It's just this thing where, like, maybe it doesn't mean nothing, but it's just so overblown to me, and I don't want to think about it. You know what I mean? Like, if Rich Paul wasn't LeBron's best friend and business partner, no one would care. But he is. That's sure. That's the world that we live in. That's the sure. reality. Yeah, but I'd, I'd also think... You know, if he's going to have a sports agency, he's going to sign athletes. And there was like a whole investigation into the agency like two years ago to make sure LeBron wasn't in any way involved. I don't think that it's a collusion thing, though. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm just saying that, like, if you are Draymond Green, you know that you signing with Clutch Sports is going to mean a certain thing. Right. And I, I also think that Draymond is the type of person who's, who doesn't give a fuck. Yeah, he doesn't care. He's, he's going to be like, he was I don't, also I don't on care. The shop. I'm going, so, huh? you know, like I wouldn't be surprised if like every dude who ends up on the shop ends up signing with Clutch Sports. Wouldn't be surprised. Isn't Kyrie about to go on there? I think I saw that. Kyrie and, <gasps> and Antonio Brown both going to be on the shop. <sighs> I thought you meant that he got hurt. But I think he's fine. I think it's a short-term thing. Mm. He looked like he was on. The, there's a gif of Steve, of him getting hurt right in front of Steve Kerr, and Steve Kerr just not noticing. Yeah, I it. saw that. That's yes. really funny. I, yeah, I did see that. <laughs> that's really funny. I did see that. Um, okay, so you brought up Zion. Yeah, well, that's, that's one of the things I wanted to bring up. Yeah, we were hype for that Duke UNC game, dude. We were ready. It was an incredible game. We sat down. We were ready to go. We mm. were like, we're gonna watch this game. Thirty-six seconds later. Oh, you're you're talking about UNC. Yeah, sorry. yeah, yeah. I thought you were talking about fucking uh, Louisville. No, 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 no UNC. Yeah. And then his shoe exploded. Mm-hmm. Obama was there. Obama was there. <laughs> There's a bunch of famous people there. Yeah. Um, such a bummer. Do you think that I'm he's so disappointed still? Do you think that he should play again? And do you think that he will play again? Can I give you like, I'm going to give you my take and it's like the least spicy take imaginable. Go ahead. Do whatever you want, Zion. Okay. That's my take. Do whatever you want. If he wants to play, play. If he doesn't want to play, don't play. I don't, I don't care. It's his life. Maybe the smart thing is not playing mm-hmm. to protect your future. Sure. But mm-hmm. if the dude loves playing basketball and feels like he made a commitment to Duke and that's something that he feels like as a person he has to follow through with, do it, dude. Mm-hmm. Play for Duke. Yeah. I get it. Oh, I think. Also, hey. I think that I understand the argument of, you know, football players skipping bowl games and this new trend of being like, if you're a one and done basketball player, just don't even play like that one dude that that's interning with that fo- shoe company. I forget that dude's name. Right. I get it. I understand the, you know, gamesmanship behind that. But I also think that being a Duke basketball player helps his brand. Like Zion was big before when he was in high school. He's mm-hmm. like the most famous high school basketball player maybe ever. Maybe LeBron was more famous. I don't know. Yeah, but it's it's also it's like, a different era. Y- yeah, now with social it, media. Yeah, LeBron didn't have Instagram. Exactly. Right yeah. So he was already big from that, mm-hmm. but being on national television, playing for a, a team as big as Duke, with uh, 
you know, uh, the financial backing of the school, even though he doesn't get any cut of it, which that's, I'll fight on that hill. I'll fight on the hill that he should be getting paid. Mm -hmm. But that still helps his brand, I think. That comeback win against Louisville, that helps his brand. That gets him a bigger shoe deal when he gets to the NBA. And more, uh, I I would say like more than his brand, but Mm -hmm. like like the the image image. of him in total, like the, in totality, who he is as a person mm-hmm. and determining his character. I think that there's something really endearing about him saying, I committed, I to committed to it. Yeah, exactly. You know? Which is and, what he said. And, yeah. I made a commitment and I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to follow through with it. Yeah, exactly. And, um, and him saying, like, that's something my parents were like, like we are, you know, in contention for, you know, winning a title this year mm-hmm. and I'm going to, I'm going to ride and die with, with my, my dudes, my boys. My parents were so committed to making sure that we committed to our commitments <clears throat> that sophomore year of high school, I had to be in marching band because everyone in band has to be in marching band. Right. So I was in jazz band, so I had to be in marching band. And I hated marching band. It sucked. I was also football on the football team. I was on JV sophomore year. At the end of the JV season, some people get moved up. I got invited to be moved up to varsity, and my parents were like, you can't because you committed to the marching band and you have to finish the season. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Right. Why? That sucked. But yeah, I can respect it. I can respect sticking to your guns like that. I like Luca's idea, dude. Go play in Europe. Mm-hmm. Force the force America's hand. Mm-hmm. If a bunch of one and done dudes started going and playing in Europe for a year, because you know people will be like, "Oh, but look what Emmanuel Mudiay did." I don't care. I don't think that if what Emmanuel, 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 Emmanuel Mudiay played in China for a year instead of okay. going to college, okay. I don't think he would have been any better or worse of a player if he went to a, a college in America. Right. I still think he would have been drafted around to, where he was and still been the type of player he is. Are people trying to attribute like his lack of success? They think to it's him like him it could be dangerous. China? Yeah. That people will try to pitch that idea. That seems kind of wild. Also, like, don't play in China. Play play where Luca played in the Euro League. That's the mm-hmm. second best league in the world. Mm-hmm. And if enough people ended up doing that, if enough eighteen year old dudes were like, "Yeah, we're just going to get paid for a year in Europe, and then get drafted and come back," mm-hmm. yeah. one, you're getting your money. Two, you're getting experience in the second best league in the world. Yeah. Don't tell me they're not getting good coaching. Like, maybe it's not the coaching of a coach Shashevsky or something, mm-hmm. but. Still, they're getting coached up. Look how skilled European player European players always are. It's like the dynamic between American and Euro players. Americans are athletic and explosive and you know powerful, and European players are skilled. And maybe that's not always true, but it's the trope. You know what I mean? But I feel like if enough people did that, if enough players did that, it would force the NBA's hand into fast-tracking some of this stuff that they're like, beating around the bush with like they talked about like the day after Zion got mm-hmm. hurt yeah. they put in the thing to move which apparently that end. was like completely coincidental it, yeah they were already planning on doing it yeah uh, but they put in the thing to uh, get rid of the one and done rule but it's not till like 2022 and well, apparently the argument for it is like we don't want to screw the colleges because they're like oh they already have you know because you commit so early now. They have like middle schoolers committed to their schools. Right. Well, you know, it's like, oh man, these schools have players committed for the next so-and-so seasons already and we don't want to ruin the system and ruin college basketball. And it's like, nah, dude, fuck, fuck Light them. that shit on Light fire. Light that shit on fire. <laughs> yes, exactly. 
Do you get like a weird feeling when you watch college sports now? I don't know. I get like, it. I, I, I wouldn't say I do. I no. get it when someone gets hurt. Yeah. If someone gets hurt in, a, in playing a college sport, I'm mm-hmm. like, oh no. That could, you know, that's their livelihood. Yeah. Right out the door. For right. for what? Yeah. For people who graduated from that school and pay money to it? Yeah. I don't like that. I'm not saying people shouldn't have pride in their schools and where they went and where they go. And, and I'm not saying college sports shouldn't exist. Yeah. I just feel like if players were compensated for the b- 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 billions of dollars they, they bring the schools. Yeah then it wouldn't be as big a deal. Like it, the, the the fact that like somebody can pay $10,000 for a ticket and none of that none money of, yeah, goes, goes to, to Zion a player. Williamson yeah, it, it's or R.J. Barrett or Cam Reddish. You know, like that. Legally speaking. <laughs> there's a bunch of Charles Barkley's in the world. Yeah. I love how he just admit. He was like, yeah, I got paid at Auburn. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, it's just, I don't like it. I don't like it one bit. My tea is cold and that upsets me. It's almost gone though. Let's see here. Uh, uh, did you have any other basketball stuff? That's I mean, we, most of the week there was no basketball because of the All Star break. So, just came back. It's a fun first few days though. Uh, who played uh, yesterday? I just watched the Heat game. I don't know who else played. Oh, that's right. I got some uh, UFC stuff we can talk about. Yeah, sorry about that. Take a bow, George St. Pierre. Tear. It's official. Down my eye. George St. Pierre has officially retired. Mm-hmm. That is a uh, longtime welterweight champion of the world and middleweight champion, briefly. Mm-hmm. Two, two belts. If you took a poll of... Who's like, the best fighter ever? No, not the best fighter ever, but people's favorite fighter. I do not think he would win. Who do you think would win? Uh, Anderson Silva. Really? Maybe some heavyweight. I think GSP would win. I think too many people think he's boring. I think no, I th- dude, I think that not He enough, did sort of rise above that though. I think that not enough people find the personalities of like an Anderson Silva endearing enough. That's I true because that, like Conor McGregor's of the world turn off a lot of people. Yeah. And I think that a lot of people like GSP for his If someone had <laughs> like he's, he's that's, you know you know what the what the UFC is missing is Giannis. They're missing a sweetheart who's who's like Exciting. Mm-hmm. Not I, I love watching George St. Pierre fight. I mm-hmm. think you, the lay person, the casual, if you will, <laughs> they're like, eh, it's boring. It's like when people watch Khabib. Mm-hmm. Khabib is a monster. Mm-hmm. But well, there is a, a, a pretty big difference between GSP and Khabib. I well, they say. have very different fighting styles. Sure. But like, I would say even in a, a excitement level, because I can recognize that GSP's excitement level on a superficial sense is not as high as Khabib's. Yeah. I, whoever thinks that Khabib is boring to watch. It's a lot I, of people, I, dude. I just don't understand that. It's stupid, but it's a lot of people. Because like, even when he's taking someone down, he's fucking... He's violent. He, he's so violent, he's violent and constantly yeah. moving. Whereas like, GSP was a little bit more conservative. I don't Apparently... Know, he's a lot uh, more conservative. I mean, well, no, GS, G, George St. Pierre would win fights just jabbing people to death. Mm-hmm. Just jab, 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 yeah. jab, 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 Whereas jab, like, jab. Khabib will fucking throw... Yeah, he'll throw you around and then beat you till you yeah. die. Um... Apparently, that was the one fight George wanted before he retired, and they couldn't get it to work. Khabib? Yeah. Hmm. And he was pretty upset about that, apparently. <clears throat> but 
I just say thank you, George St. Pierre, for an amazing career, for being a really cool, a good dude. He's, he's my like favorite a, fighter. He's like a hero to Montreal. He's my favorite fighter. Also. Yeah, he's he's great. And also for being afraid of aliens because it's cute. Straight up weirdo. <laughs> he's super weird. <laughs> and uh, I think it's kind of cool. He talked about... um. He talked about a lot of things in his like press conference he did, uh, how important uh, Canada was and how he wanted to be a figure for Canada and like all this really cool, how he wanted to be a role model for people to show that you can be a good person and be a great fighter. Mm-hmm. He talked about, and he's talked about this multiple times, how much he actually doesn't like fighting. Yeah. He loves training, but he hates fighting. He doesn't mm-hmm. like hurting people mm-hmm. and he's so good at it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I just think, I think George, George was like just a pinnacle of what you want an athlete to be. Mm-hmm. He's great. I agree. Great dude. Happy trails. Happy trails, George St. Pierre. I mean, he's, he's in the cool thing. He said, he was like, I'm still going to train every day just cause I'm retiring. Doesn't mean I'm going to stop doing what I love. I don't know if you saw this though. Uh, Max Holloway and Dustin Poirier are fighting uh-huh. for the lightweight interim championship. It's just like how convoluted can lightweight get? What's going on? Oh, dude, I've, I've I lost track a long time ago. Is there no champion now? Because when Khabib beat Connor, Khabib was the champion. But then he did that nonsense in the in the crowd. Mm-hmm. Did he have to get his belt taken away? I don't know, dog. I don't either. I don't think he did. I think technically Khabib is the champion. Uh, he, but if Khabib is the in champion, in my brain, he's the champion because he yeah, beat him. Sure. <laughs> if Khabib is the champion, why isn't Khabib fighting? I don't think Khabib is hurt. It's weird. Where's Tony Ferguson? Connor Connor is like a, in a different. There's like it's like the lightweight division, and there's like whatever Connor wants to do, just let him do it. Who cares at this point? Like a Connor McGregor fight isn't about the belt anymore. He's superseded it in some way, and I don't know if I like or don't like that because I'm the kind of person who really believes in the ambiance of the championship. Mm-hmm. I think that's that should be really important mm-hmm. to the but promotion. But it's been something that's been so perverted over exactly the, like, so many interim belts, couple years, in so many different divisions, and so many one and done offshoot things, and mm-hmm. it's yeah, it just it's it sort of diluted the idea of the belt. And I thought that with es uh, with the UFC moving to ESPN and this sort of new era kicking off, and the most coverage they've ever gotten, they're getting more eyes than ever. And I thought it would sort of be a, an opportunity for them to really you know, dig back into strengthening what that, that belt means rather Mm -hmm. than constantly having interim championships. Well, and, and making a money fight seem more important than a belt. Cause it's that it's a thing where if they announced, uh, Conor McGregor versus George St. Pierre, Mm -hmm. that would be promoted way more than, you know, uh, whoever, uh, uh, Tia Dillashaw is fighting next. And I get why, because they're going to make more money off of it because of the names, but there should be some sort of ambiance to that champion. You know what I mean? And Connor hasn't been that in how long? I love Connor and I love watching Connor fight, and I want Connor to fight whoever he feels like, mm-hmm. whoever is going to make them all that. Like, but there's certain- I want to see Connor Nate three. I want to see you know whatever nonsense they pull out. But there's certain times where, like, you feel like they're sacrificing the integrity of yeah. It's overshadowing the, the integrity of the championship. Yeah. And now there's this the 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 triangle of Connor, Khabib, and Tony Ferguson. 
either Tony gets hurt before the fight or Connor gets suspended or, you know, whatever happens. And these, these fights keep not happening. And now they're just like, well, Dustin Poirier has been sitting here for two years as a top five fighter that deserves a shot at a belt. He's been starching dudes. And Max Holloway is a fucking juggernaut who runs through everybody and he's game. So let's just let them go for it. Cause you know what the idea is there. If Matt, if Max wins, they can just do whatever they want. Mm-hmm. He can fight Khabib. He can fight Connor. He can fight Tony for like, he can fight any of these dudes and it would be super hype. But I don't know how I feel about that. I don't about think that fight specifically. No, just the uh, in general. Mm-hmm. I I I like the term you use, diluting of the of the championship. Mm-hmm. It it feels diluted. I don't like it. Yeah. The, like I don't. Th- I don't think that Max has run through his own division. He hasn't fought Frankie Edgar yet, right? Yeah, because. Uh, T City's the one who stopped Frankie. So Frank, and then when Frankie and Max were supposed to fight, Frankie got hurt. So he never fought Frankie Edgar. Frankie Edgar's an all-time legend. I'd love to see Connor go down and fight him. I don't know if Connor can ever get back down. There is the problem. Back down to forty-five. That might be too much of a weight cut to fight Max Holloway not again. Frankie. Yeah, to fight Max Holloway again because you know who Max Holloway's last loss was, like five years ago or whatever. Mm-hmm. Connor McGregor in a decision. Split decision. It was right? a dis- split decision. Yeah, I'm hyped for uh, John again though. John fights again in like two weeks, week or two. The, uh, f- yeah, first he, Anthony who does Smith he fight. Who's Anthony, Anthony Smith. Smith. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Lionheart or whatever his nickname is. Is that his nickname? Something like that. Yeah. I'm not sure if I've seen him fight. He's good. He's a good fighter. <laughs> he's, it's like he'll knock people you out. Temp- you have to temper it because he's. I'm not going to do that thing where like. You know how sometimes they're like, you know, they go to Joe Rogan in the promos yeah. and like, Joe, you got to sell this. And he's like, this fight is the best test. And you're like, eh, hyperbole, dog. <laughs> <laughs> I get why you have to do this, but not on this one. This is one. If, this is one of those fights where if Anthony Smith wins, it's a movie moment. It's like a Rocky upset moment. It's 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 uh, David beating Goliath. But you also like. As, as much of a, like a hyperbole as it might be, like you have to recognize the reasons and how they could win, right? Like, no, Anthony you, Smith could knock John out. Exactly, certainly like, it could like, happen. Fucking like uh, Weidman Silva won, yeah. right? Like, exactly. you, you have to like when you're talking about Chris Weidman, yeah. you're like, okay, this guy's. Well, I mean, that even attributes to like why I can sit in in the fifth round of or whatever round it went to Connor Khabib mm-hmm. and still be like Connor could still knock him out. It could yeah. still happen. You never mm-hmm. know. Yeah. You can sort of all, there's always that chance of something happening and yeah. especially in the UFC. Mm-hmm. I saw that fight six years ago or whatever it was between the two dudes whose names I can't remember, but it was like the most mind blowing comeback I've ever seen. It was two heavyweights, I think. And yeah. there was one dude that was just super jacked. And this one dude who was Todd Duffy. I think and, it might've been. Uh, yeah. yeah. I don't remember who, who they were, fighting? but, uh, is Todd Duffy, the Duffy, the, uh, more blubbery fella. He was getting his ass beat. The whole fight, and then he just came out and he got a knockout out of oh, nowhere. No, I'm pretty sure Todd Duffy's the the, the Jack guy, yoked one. the yoked one. I don't remember who they were, but and I was like, that's one of the craziest things I've ever seen, and th- it happens in the sport, and it's cool, it's exciting. But uh, here's to John becoming active again and really uh, restaking that goat claim. Just stay clean, buddy. Stay clean. <laughs> uh. 
That's all the UFC stuff, I think. We didn't talk about Francis Ngannou winning last week. He beat uh, Kane. He knocked Kane out in like 30 seconds. Yeah. Uh, Negative five seconds. Yeah. <laughs> that fight was quick <laughs> he, as shit. He, he, he killed Kane before the fight started. I think Kane should retire. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. He's. I mean, it's or 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 go to Bellator and start taking steroids again, and then you'll be good. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I. Yeah, I just like the the lead up to that fight. Like we were watch. Uh, we were watching a fight companion. I don't remember which fight card that was, but we were watching a fight companion during it, and they were talking. I think it was that card. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was that card. Yeah. They were and they like Brendan Schaub especially was like hyping up Kane and I was like dude he's too old it's just dude have you seen Francis Ngannou have you seen him <sighs> that boy's scary <laughs> but the problem with that fight was it was like an opportunity for him to show some growth in his game because he has glaring weaknesses right his wrestling exposed him mm-hmm. he's been exposed. And not being able to wrestle and or grapple. Someone, is someone who, in his prime, would have just fucking yeah, torn thrown him through around. Francis yeah. Ngannou. Yeah. Like, yeah. Maybe. I mean, maybe. maybe. If if Francis hasn't he improved is, his, well, his defense. Yeah. If, but if but you Kane were was designing someone in a lab yeah, to take to be, down yeah, Francis Ngannou. It's Cain Velasquez. Yeah. It's Cain Velasquez. Yeah. In his prime, at least. Yeah. But, uh, I, yeah, I wanted an opportunity to see if he had grown any part of that. Because now it's like, do you let him fight... Uh, do you let him fight DC for a belt? Do you let him fight like Stipe maybe for a title eliminator? Has he done enough to fight Stipe again? Cause that, uh, yeah. Cause uh, he already fought Stipe for the belt, right? Before yeah, and Stipe knocked him the fuck out. Yeah. But that's like, you know, what's a bummer to me. Stipe is a bummer to me. That dude had the heavyweight belt longer than anyone ever. Mm-hmm. And he can't get back in. Right. He can't get a shot at DC because of the whole, DC narrative of him retiring and they want to like fit in these money fights before he leaves. Why the fuck should he fight Brock Lesnar? That's stupid. Brock's been out of the UFC for however long. He came back for UFC 200 and he was roided up still and it wasn't a fun fight. I don't, I get wanting to push John. I get it. But you know what? At the same time, he's never beat John. Never beat him. And maybe it's different than heavyweight. Maybe it's not. But I feel bad for Stipe. That dude should get a shot at getting his belt back. I agree. Yeah. Keep, gro- really keep like growing, Stipe. Francis. Yeah, Stipe's a dope dude. Yeah. I'm getting my kitchen redone. <laughs> and how many people would still like be a firefighter? After yeah, they, it's they, cool. They, you know, they've become the fucking He's the classic the idea planet. of like an all-American fella. Yeah. Except his name. He sounds like he's from Europe. True. Let's rename him Stephen Mitchell. Then he's all-American. <laughs> Is he the most all-American fighter since like Brian Stan? Brian Stan is like the... He's the, the epitome. He's Captain America. Oh, I mean, Randy Couture is probably... Oh, that's true. He literally, he literally is Captain, Captain America, America. yeah. Um, but people are like, Brian Stan should run for president. And it's like, whoa, really? <laughs> that? You want to do that? <laughs> oh, you know what I saw today I thought was really cool? There's some new... E- ah, I wish I could remember the name. Uh, I just saw a clip on it from Twitter. But they're doing a new uh, ESPN show 
that's meant to like teach teach martial art, mixed martial arts. And it was uh, uh, Gilbert Melendez and Dominic Cruz and one other dude I didn't recognize. And it was basically like Dominic Cruz breaking down. Uh, the clip I saw was him breaking down uh, John Jones's fighting style. And was it like detail, but for MMA, kind of. But not. They're not doing like game tape the way detailed. Detail's awesome. Um, there, it was just them that would in be a pretty fucking cool. Yeah, that would be really cool. But it was them in in a ring. They had like a set, and there was an octagon, and he was like talking about how uh, John uses the different levels of striking to his advantage to right. negate what the other person does. So he says John will always start his fights in kick range, and he will figure out what you want to do to him. So he looks for your strengths and your tendencies, and then he adjusts to take them away from you. So he talked about, he was like, Anthony Smith is a power puncher. He's going to he's gonna have his lead foot out there and have a lot of weight on it all the time. So John's going to kick it a lot to take away that power. Right. And that's what he's going to do out here. And then if Anthony Smith moves in, then you move into John's elbow and knee range. And everything he's saying, Gilbert Melendez and this other dude are acting out for him as he talks about it. Huh. It was really cool. And I, I just this think... This was uh, Dominic Cruz that was breaking it? And Dominic Cruz is like yeah, yeah, pretty, the dude that you want doing sick. that. He's a genius. Like, if you were going to do a detail for Yeah, MMA, you would want someone Dominic like Dominic Cruz, Cruz doing yeah. it. Exactly. Dominic Cruz would be pretty... Yeah, he'd be great for it. Uh, but I saw that and I was like, not only is it just cool, but that is something that should exist to promote learning the sport. Mm-hmm. Get rid of the people that boo when Khabib is wrestling. Get them out. <laughs> um, all right, let's talk about some football stuff. Let's do it. Let's talk about football. You might be interested in the Steelers stuff going on. Uh, Antonio Brown? Le'Veon Bell, Antonio Brown. Both are going to be gone. Le'Veon Bell, you know who he is? Yeah, yeah, he's one of the greatest running backs in the league. Yeah, okay. Yeah. We'll see. He's been off for a year. Oh, yeah. So he was franchise tagged two years in a, in a row. The second year of the franchise tag, he was like, yeah, I'm not doing it. Turned down like $18 million or something for the year. He's like, yeah, I'm just going to take the year off. I'm not going to play. Held out. Didn't play. Now the Steelers are like, yeah, we don't need you, And dog. what is a franchise tag? Okay, so in the NFL, you can do something called apply a franchise tag, which is when you pay a player the average of the top 10 players at their position on a one-year contract. And you do this when a uh, player who's uh, their rookie deal is ending and you, and you can't agree on an extension. And you don't want them to hit free agency, so they leave, so you franchise tag them. Right. So that's... Le'Veon Bell's whole thing was like, uh, he believes that he is worth more money than a running back, even though that's his position, because he's an all-purpose player and he's uh, he catches so many passes out of the backfield and he's kind of like having another receiver on the field. So he was like, I want wide receiver money. And the Steelers were like, yeah, fuck that. That's not how budgeting a team works. We're not going to pay you that. So they franchise tagged him twice and he still believes he's worth that money and now he's going to hit the open market and we'll see what he's worth. He's 27 and he's healthy, so he's probably going to get paid. Um, that is a little bit less interesting now, though, than this Antonio Brown stuff going on. Antonio Brown demanded a trade. He's done a bunch of non. Did you see the video? He made a video. <laughs> he, he, like, let it out that he wanted to be traded, and then they were like, oh, he's going to meet with the owner and, like, all this other stuff. But he just keeps doing, like, little shenanigans on social media. He put a thing on Instagram up of him on an elliptical with his shirt off okay. with his newly blonde mustache. <laughs> he has a blonde he has, mustache. Just his mustache is blonde. I don't get it. It's so stupid. 
what are you doing? And he was doing his thing. And he was like talking about wanting to be traded. And he's saying stupid shit. He's like, hey, other teams, call me. And it's like, they're not allowed to do that, Antonio Brown. You are on the Steelers and under contract for two more years. If they call you, they'll get in trouble. <laughs> it's like stupid shit. And he's like doing his elliptical shit. And, and then he's like, by the way, from now on, I don't want to be AB. I want you to call me Mr. Big Chest. <laughs> what? What a fucking weirdo. Mr. Big Chest. Mr. Big... Have you ever heard a worse self-nickname than that? He's definitely on Coke, right? I don't know, man. I don't <laughs> know, man. He might be. I don't I know if like, they test for that in the NFL. Fucking blonde mustache, and you tell people to call you Mr. Big Chest? That's some Coke actions right yeah, there. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Damn it's funny. Coke it's funny. Uh, like, everyone's take is always... Antonio Brown is like two days away from doing shirtless sit-ups on his driveway talking to the media because <laughs> of Terrell Owens. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah like I have a sort of connection to the Steelers because my mom's whole side of the family is from Pittsburgh and they're all Steelers fans including right. all of my siblings I'm the only one who chose poorly as a child and I picked the Dolphins um, yeah so it's weird to see how quickly people can turn on a player they loved like two years ago <laughs> I just like it, it's one of the more drastic uh like explosions of divaism I've ever seen. Maybe two, two, maybe three years ago, Antonio Brown just his image was just this really hardworking, great player, never made any trouble, great route runner, great hands, you know, just great. And then he just was like, "Nah, I'm gonna start being crazy." <laughs> start he like filmed. This was a couple years ago. He he, I think it was after a playoff game or after a, a big game. He filmed a Facebook live in the locker room while Mike Tomlin was giving a speech and like there was like information that shouldn't have been on it got out and shit like and he got in trouble for that from the team like just a bunch of weird random stuff and now he's just like I want out basically apparently because he hates Ben Roethlisberger which is interesting. He hates Ben Roethlisberger. Apparently he said that he said quote he has an owner's mentality. Yikes. Yeah and you know what sometimes NFL owners are referred to as. Slave owners? Plantation mentality. Right. That's like the phrase people use about NFL owners. Right. Plantation mentality. Mm-hmm. Hey! Hey! I wouldn't want to be labeled that. That would be bad. Yeah. That's rough. But, uh, ooh. Yeah, I just feel like the more he yaps, the, the less teams are going to want him. He's 31. In the NFL, that's old. Especially at a skill position. Not everyone's Larry Fitzgerald with that staying power. Mm-hmm. And I think he's got two years left on his deal. So it's this weird thing where, like, the Steelers don't have to get rid of him if they don't want to, but now they're just so fed up with him that they're just like, we need to get him out of here, even though they have to eat a bunch of cap money for doing it. Where does he want to go? Does he. Apparently, San Francisco is the top spot right now that people Which, are thinking. They suck right now, right? Yes, but Jimmy Garoppolo is their quarterback now, but he missed almost all of last season, and he didn't get there until there was like. Eight games left the season before. He got traded at the trade deadline from the Patriots. Right. He was Tom Brady's backup. Yeah. And then he won five games in a row. He was he went like five and zero at the end of that season. And then he played the first two or three games this year. And then he got hurt. It might have been even it might have been one or two games. Do you feel like he's gonna have that Boston effect though? Uh, you mean the effect of when well, he that, leaves? Like everyone in Boston plays better in Boston. In Boston, yeah. Uh, I think that Jimmy Garoppolo is a little bit overrated. I think he got paid way too. He got paid like he was a franchise quarterback, right. and he was never a starter right. in his li- in his NFL life. 
he just sat behind Tom Brady, mm-hmm. and it was like, okay. Well, didn't like Tom Brady get hurt? Yeah, he something? he won some he, games while Tom was hurt. Yeah. Um, but that's on the Patriots. Get out! I don't trust that. Matt Castle did. Matt Castle went ten and six with the Patriots. Get out of here! Get out of here, dog! I don't trust that. Um, I don't think Jim Brown was bad or anything. I just, I just seemed like too much too soon to me. Mm-hmm. But you know, if they if they get Antonio Brown. Pair him up with Pierre Garçon and George Kittle, their tight end who exploded last year. How long has Pierre Garçon been he's around? He's old, dude. He's old. Jesus. Yeah, he's old. He's around Antonio Brown's age, I think. He played with Peyton. That's how you know he's old. Yeah, exactly. He played with Peyton on the Colts. That's how you know he's old. <laughs> um, yeah, the uh, all I know is that they will not trade him to a team in their division. This was what they said. AFC North teams are off limits and the Patriots. <laughs> They're like, we will not trade him. To anyone in our division, which is normal, or the Patriots. Yep. <laughs> Don't give them that. Mm-hmm. That's the last thing they need. You think that like Wes Welker or Julian Edelman were productive with Tom Brady in that offense? Get out if they got A.B. Sorry. Nay. Mr. Big Chest. <laughs> Put that on the back of his jersey. Yo, that'd be dumb. Would it just say big chest or would it say Mr. Big Chest? No, it has to say big chest. Or to just say chest because I mean, like first big is, is his first big. name and you just put last names. Yeah, it's definitely chest. Just it's says definitely chest. chest. It's definitely chest. Does the NBA still do that thing where they do nickname jerseys? Or is that just like that one year they did that? I don't think they do that anymore. At least I they only did it that one year, right? I think so. Dude, Ray Allen ran around in a heat jersey that said Jesus Shuttlesworth. Yeah. It was awesome. That was his character's name, right? Mm-hmm. And fucking was it Love and Basketball? No. Yeah, I think it was Love and Basketball. Was it Love and Basketball? <clears throat> I think I'm not positive. Or was it He Got Game? I don't know. I think it was Love and Basketball. But I'm not positive. I think it's He Got Game. I don't know. Son of a bitch. I know that it was a movie I've never seen. Omar Epps is Love and Basketball. Son of a bitch. I, I don't, don't know. know. Dude. I don't know. But yeah, now the NFL. The NFL will never do that. No fun league. They would never do something like that. You're not allowed to have fun in the NFL. <laughs> no fun league, NFL. Yeah. Anyway, go Apollos. That's my squad now. What is that? The A. Yeah. The A. a- I haven't a- watched AL? AAF. AF. Oh. American Alliance of Football. I haven't watched any more AF, but I see highlights sometimes. And uh, <laughs> the Apollos are super good. Yeah. Steve Spurrier is kicking ass down there. Nice. Our quarterback, Garrett Gilbert. That boy's torching, dog. He's killing it. I saw a highlight of him throw. It was fourth and 16 or something, and he threw a touchdown, like a 40-yard touchdown pass. I was like, this dude's out here slinging. He barely ran it in from like 30 yards out in that same game. I was like, why is this dude not on a team? Like, what's going on? But that's why the league exists. I think that's cool. That's cool. Um, I think the bigger football story of the week, though, than the Steelers. Did you see this Robert, Robert Kraft stuff? Yes. Okay, so you laugh. You laugh. And I get why you laugh. One, this happened like 45 minutes away from where we grew up. Exactly. That's funny. <laughs> we, we're we like, we know where this is. We know why this is happening. What if we know, so, like, know like, the, the prostitute, you know? That would be crazy. How, how crazy but it's like, that? I don't want to laugh at it because it's actually a super serious matter, right? It is. It's silly that it's from where we're from and yeah. that it's Robert Kraft and like, yeah. but... Not only was it like, if it was just like he bought a hooker, no one would care. It would be silly. But the fact that they were sex slaves, that's something that needs to be talked about. Okay. Yeah. That's hardcore. Like, I, I don't, 
it's like I at work I saw this and like the pe- people were like, "Do you see this shit? It's so funny." I was like, "It's it's not funny though." Like I get why people laugh, but it's not funny. It's sad, but also funny. How well? How bad is sef- sex trafficking here? I don't know. In Los Angeles? Huh? No, 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 not in Los Angeles. In the states. In America? Um, it's, it's, I mean, it's, it depends an, on who you talk epidemic. to. If you talk to Alex Jones, it's everywhere, and it's like actors are doing it or something. But that's some conspiracy theory shit. Uh, it's you know they're turning the frogs gay. <laughs> it's oh, like yeah. stupid shit. Um, I don't know anything about you know like statistics or anything. Uh, it's a thing in parts of Europe that's it's really big epidemic, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's like what Taken is about. Is it okay to talk about Taken anymore? It's like a weird connotation to it now. Anything with Liam Neeson is like kind of weird now. Why? You didn't hear about this shit? What? Dude, he was in an interview. Oh my God. I didn't. Oh my God. He was in an interview and he just kind of was like, oh yeah, I'm going to talk about this. And he was like with his castmates for uh, whatever movie he's in coming. I don't even know. And he was talking about, I think it might've been when the movie with Viola Davis came out. Uh, I can't remember what it was called. Vidal Davis and like a few other ladies like start robbing banks or something to pay off debts for their husbands. Can't remember the name. Anyway, Liam Neeson was like, oh yeah, uh, someone that I know got raped. And it was this, he, she was raped by a black man. And I was so angry. I was so irrationally angry that I went out looking for any random black dude to beat up. He said that. He just, just unprompted. He just said it. He just said it. He was just like, I just went looking for any black dude. I wanted to fight. I wanted to kill somebody. That like, is insane. It was nuts. And then it's like this thing where... It, wait, we've talked about the Michelle, Michelle Rodriguez thing, right? Yes. Did we talk about that on the podcast? I don't know. I don't remember, right? Because Michelle Rodriguez said, oh, like Liam Neeson can't be... Racist because of how he makes out with a black woman. It's from that movie. He makes out with Viola Davis in that movie so sensually and passionately that Michelle Rodriguez doesn't believe he can be racist. So ridiculous. (laughs) Yeah. So, and it's this weird thing where, like, when he said it, there was like you know, like Viola Davis and other African American cast members were like, "This is weird," and like someone tried to like chime in and help him out because they were like, "You're going down a weird path, buddy," and. I think that like people understood what he meant is that he he was trying to express how irrational he felt. Right. And how angry uh the sexual assault made him. Mm-hmm. But he he went down this weird route of race like accidental race like I don't I don't think Liam Neeson's a racist. I don't. I I don't. But like <laughs> he said some weird shit. And then he just apparently just kept going to other interviews and making it worse. And like, he was just, whoever was PR handling him was doing a really bad job. Right. It was just like, Liam, stop talking. Stop. You're going to ruin men in black. You're going to ruin it. No one's going to go see it. If you keep talking. (laughs) Oh God. But yeah, we were talking about the Robert Kraft thing. So for people who don't know if they haven't somehow heard the story, Robert Kraft is the owner of the new England Patriots and a billionaire, stupid rich fella. He got busted for uh, soliciting sex, two counts of it, and apparently it's caught on tape, according to, was it Jupiter PD or Florida PD, whoever, whoever did this investigation. This investigation was apparently going on for like two years. 
into this uh, massage parlor, I think it was, in Jupiter. And basically, they found out that this massage parlor, not only were they using uh, quote-unquote employees as sex workers, but they were also sex trafficking and human trafficking through this place. So there's just like this super hardcore crime is going on there. And it's scary and it's messed up. I'm not saying that... And Robert Kraft's denying it. Robert Kraft says that he didn't do anything illegal, or his spokesperson. Um, But if they have him on tape, he's kind of fucked. So, you know, that we'll see what happens with that. And uh, I don't... I'm going to assume that he didn't know that they were slaves. He probably just, like, wanted a hooker. You know what I mean? He's probably just like, yeah, I'm old. Uh And I'm feeling it. But uh, it's sad. It's really it's really weird how like we grew up forty five minutes from there, right? Like I was like, oh, I don't like that. Yeah. Uh, but Wait, I, I see, if I, it's I gonna saw the Bleacher Report notification, it said Jupiter, Jupiter Ford. Ford. I was like, of course. But it makes sense, right? Of course. You yeah. were like, yeah, that's where else? Yep, I get why it'd be happening there. Lots of rich folks. The rich, some of the richest people in the world, live in Jupiter, Jupiter Island. Tiger Woods lives there. Burt Reynolds. Burt Reynolds. Rest in peace. Right, he passed away last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, rest doesn't live there anymore. Rest in peace. <laughs> now he lives in to wherever he lives now. He lives in Elysium or heaven or Valhalla. <laughs> <laughs> he might be reborn as a lizard or Yo, something. Who else would like who? What other fucking celebrity would fucking go out on his shield other than fucking Burt Reynolds? That's true. Dude. That's true. You know Ma- that. Maybe Liam Neeson would have. He was feeling very aggressive. Do you have any thoughts on the situation or just, I just wanted to bring light to it. Cause it's one, it's crazy. It's taking it seriously. Right. It seems like that. Mm-hmm. Like all I, think, I heard was a bunch of Meek Mill jokes. What? <laughs> Why Meek Mill? So, uh, I, what was it last year? Like, I don't know if it was like, I forgot what event it was. It was some basketball game where uh, fucking Meek Mill, Robert Kraft, and like it was like two chains or something like that. That was the they game were all together. Like, wait, and was this the who was in prison from Philadelphia? Um, Meek Mill. Yeah, this yeah. was that. That was the game that he got out of prison. And then he went to the Sixers game that night. Yeah, yeah. I saw uh, that. But game. Robert Kraft was there. Yeah, he was sitting with him. Yeah, it was and, super but weird. Like, but it was like, yeah, were fucking, people making jokes? Like, were they getting hookers together and shit? Well, they were like. <laughs> That's so like ridiculous. he hangs out with Meek Mill one time. <laughs> That's so fucked up. Uh, oh god. Hey, uh, hey. Yeah, people, give give while we laugh about it. Give the story the the. I, th- I think part of it is because it was reported on on sports channels and stuff. So it's this weird sort of uh, because there was a sports figure. And it's someone who people like anything that goes wrong with the Patriots, people are desperate for. So they just want to tear into it mm-hmm. because of the success they've had as, a, as an organization, as a team, but also shadowed by cheating scandals and stuff like that. So anytime anything goes wrong, people want to latch to it and make jokes about it. But it is a super serious issue with really scary implications. And hopefully the work that the police, the police did with this helps, helps rescue these women and other people that need it. Yeah. Do you uh, want to do shout outs? Yeah. 
Do you want me to go first because you don't have one? No, I do have oh, one. Oh, okay. Um, okay. But like, you might find it a little unoriginal because it's literally, I think it's, this is, okay, so this is going to be our first repeat, but I, I have to, I have to, I have to do it. But it was your shout out. So it's not, I'm not repeating myself in this shout out. Can I guess? Yeah, go ahead. Is it Saba? Are you going to? It's Saba. <laughs> you know how I knew you were going to do that? Why? Because the Grammys are coming up and he got snubbed and I'm fucking mad about it. Okay. I'm fucking mad about it. He's not even nominated for best hip hop. <gasps> okay, you go. It's your shout out. You so, go. Okay. I'm mad. All right. Uh, there's certain times with specific albums um, where like they'll hit layers for me, you know, like where like I'll listen to it on the, the, the first time through and I'm like, oh, this is good. I like this. Mm-hmm. Right. And then I'll listen to it more and I'm like, I can really jam out to this. And then I'll, a lot of times like just specific albums, it'll hit a different level mm-hmm. and care for me is one of those albums where this is one of the few times that the I more, hit on something in hip hop before you did. Not true. I was listening to Saba way before. No, you. no, no. The album. <sighs> the, well, like yeah. I listened to the album like the day it came yeah, out, and I didn't even know who he was. Yeah, and I was like, dude, you need to listen to this album. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I was listening to what was it, Bucket List? Mm-hmm. The, yeah, Bucket List. Um, the album that came out before it, and mm-hmm. I, I really enjoyed it um, because, like, I, I heard him on Chance's music yep. and then fucking, uh, I don't know if Chance talked about him or something like that in an Probably. interview. Uh, and I was like, oh, I need to look into him more. Mm-hmm. So I fucking started listening to Bucket List. And it was a really interesting album Bucket List was. Um, but Care For Me is next level. Care For Me has that element to it that's very good Kid Mad City. Yeah. Would you agree with that? It has a very like... It's obviously tied to something that happened to it in mm-hmm. his life. It yep. has this narrative, and it, it also has that 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 feeling of like, um, the day in the life. Yeah, if that makes any sense. It also has like a really strong storyteller's presence. Yeah, he's just he's like there's literally songs on it where he's just telling a story about something yeah. that happened in his life. Yeah, uh, and it's captivating. Prom king. Yeah, um, like that the entire time he's just talking about like, uh, what, going to prom. I don't want to fight no more. Yeah. Is that just called fight? No, it's fighter. Fighter. Yeah. Mm. Cause, Cause I'm, I'm not, not a, a fighter. fighter. No more, no more. Yeah. Mm. Um. But I'm just. Like, I listened to that album today. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, one of the reasons why, like, I was feeling so good today was because, like, I, I was, I went out listening to Saba. I've been listening to Saba like all week, mm-hmm. and it, it got to that point where I was just like, I've been listening to this so much, and I didn't realize that I was listening to mm-hmm. it so much. And even today, I was like, I've been listening to it so much. This is the normally the time where like I would stop listening to it. Mm-hmm. But I don't know how you are with. I, f- I feel like you pick up on lyrics way quicker. I look I them up a lot. Like if is something. Uh, that's not even true about this album. I haven't done it a lot with this album. But if something is like interests me enough, I want to know specifically what they're saying. But I do pick up on them pretty well. It's um, also I remember them really easily. Yeah, I, I don't. remember lyrics very. Easily. I'm a very passive listener when it comes to music. Mm-hmm. Um, it it takes me a really long time in order for me to catch the story mm-hmm. of what's going on with the music, and I'm, I'm like still only like maybe sixty percent. Like I grasp what's going on in this album. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot. Yeah. Um, And it really separates it from other, 
music, but hip hop, I think strong. Like it's just, there's this, there's this line I feel like in hip hop where it's like, you are trap music or club music or jam out music or bangers or whatever. And then you're this other thing. And that's where I love hip hop. Mm-hmm. I don't really like the other stuff. And you, you know, we joke about it all the time how, you know, I think Obama sucks and stuff like yeah. that. But like when you get those hip hop albums that are this, it's so powerful to me. I don't know. I don't know why it is that because like why the why would I relate to that kind of music? It doesn't really make sense. But something about it just really, really well, gets me. It's good story, yeah. right? Like yeah. and like, uh, the uh, who's it? Uh, Roger Ebert that said about movies specifically. He said that they're empathy machines. Yeah. Right. And that is it's something that also goes along, goes along with music. Yeah, for sure. When you hear you know Saba talking uh, about his cousin his, being killed. Exactly. Uh, when you when you hear about that and you fucking you know like you hear something like sirens on the way mm-hmm. you know and it's a song that you've heard sirens 15 20 way. times already you now know and then you're like the angels and then lay. you're like holy shit he's talking about someone getting fucking murdered yeah but it sounds beautiful it's like this beautiful yeah. melody yeah mm-hmm. like and it, it i had the same uh feeling with neighbors by j cole um like it, it was neighbors a song think i'm selling dope yeah but it was a song that god i love that album that when i <clears throat> when I heard neighbors for, you know, the first 15, 20 times, whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is, this is a pretty dope banger. You know what I mean? Like, I and can't, then you realize like then, how fucked up the message is. And then, then, you, and the then you hear the story, mm-hmm. like these actual lyrics. And then you're like, holy shit, this is fucking so sad. Yeah. This is so sad about this dude that this, this, this black dude that tries to fucking uh, move, live in a wealthy fr- neighborhood, live in a, a predominantly white neighborhood. Yeah. And the fucking, the, the white community around him, attacks him basically for being black yeah. because he has black people in his fucking house yeah. and he's trying to run a studio and he doesn't fucking have uh, all these crazy cars or anything like mm-hmm. that. Like he just has fucking. Yeah. But they think he's selling dope. Yeah. It's fucking sad. Yeah. But Saba, um, care for me, dog. I had to mention it because I've listened, I've been listening so to it so much and that like, I don't, I don't really care about, well, it's just another stake in the Grammys, right? Like, uh, I don't mean steak like stocks. I mean, steak like a vampire stick a stake in it to kill it. Right. A wooden steak. Right. Stick another one in the Grammys. They're just, I feel like, <sighs> like the Grammys are whack. They just suck. They just suck. And it's, and, and the problem with it is that music is so subjective it's so subjective what is and isn't good music that they just end up being like, well, here's what's popular. But I feel like some, what the Oscars does, you can talk about how snobby the Oscars are or how masturbatory the Oscars are. That's fine. Yeah. It's true. But I think kind of necessary because it, it exposes things to the world. People mm-hmm. otherwise would never have heard of or seen. Exactly. The Grammys should do that for music mm-hmm. and they don't. They just pander to whatever has the most streams or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that's that's not what the Grammy should be. Yeah. That album's so fucking good. Yeah. That's my favorite album of the whole year. And J. Cole came out with an album this year. Mm-hmm. And I love J. Cole mm-hmm. like more than anybody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Saba, baby. Oh, uh, you want to hear mine? What is it? I'm going to be less impassioned about my shout out. <laughs> <laughs> No, I wanted to, to shout well, out something. My shout out was also your. Yeah, yeah that was your true. first shout out. First shout out I ever did. Yeah. yeah. Um, which is good because that's like the the episode that more people have seen than any other episode. 
So that's if that's the one shot that I've ever done that's reached the most people, I'm happy with that. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Um, no, I'm going to do something that we've been using lately and I think is really dope. And that is shouting out the AMC A-list. Oh, okay. So me and Chris signed up for when we moved out here, uh, AMC Stubbs A-list thing, which is their membership thing. It's 30 bucks a month, right? Yeah. And so for $30 a month, you can say, fuck you, movie pass, you suck now. And you can see three movies per week at any AMC theater. You can reserve your seats before you go to the movie theater, which is great. You can uh, repeat viewings, which MoviePass stopped letting you do. You can see the same movie as many times as you want. I saw Spider-Verse several times. Right. <laughs> um, you can get IMAX tickets. Mm-hmm. We went and saw the Lego movie too. It was a $26 ticket. Right. We got it for free. Yeah. Because we'd already paid our third. Like yeah. that one trip to the movie theater basically paid for our whole month by exactly. seeing one IMAX movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a really, really good service. Um, I think it stacks with their rewards membership. So you mm-hmm. also uh, build up points or whatever and you get like, you know, uh, you get uh, like $5 bonuses. You, get, you also get to go in the shorter lines. Yeah. You too. get the shorter That's lines, cool. which is cool. You get like $5 bonuses every certain amount of feel points like you get. Right? I it does. It. Well, and it's weird because like when we didn't have it, I would like look at those people and I'd be like really jealous of them. I'd be like, I want to be in that line. I want to be in I that line. I was always like, oh, look at those those pompous Well, bitches. that too, but I wanted to be one of them. <laughs> um, And they do like, they look, have like look other- Look at them in the in They have like weird uh, deals with like food and stuff where there's like on Tuesdays you get like cheap popcorn and drinks or something. They right. have a bunch of things that go with it, but it's super worth it. If you see three movies a month, it's worth it. Or if you see one IMAX movie and one regular movie, mm-hmm. it's totally worth it. Uh, it's the, it's, it's kind of confusing because they have like a bunch of things. They have like three stages of their- membership rewards mm-hmm. it's the a-list is the one yeah, that you want there's amc stubs yeah which, which is just their the... just generic free rewards program right and then like the a-list is the the hot ticket thirty dollars for a, per month see damn movies and the three movies per week thing more than enough to me more than enough yeah like a, a majority like people that are like oh but movie pass provided unlimited for so long it's like yeah you don't need that you three movies a, a week is perfectly fine mm-hmm. perfectly fine especially because you're gonna you, when you go through like if you want to see like everything that comes out like you know anything everything good that comes out it's maybe some weeks there's like four movies mm-hmm. but that maybe happens like four times a year mm-hmm. where that many movies come out in a week that you want to see like this week there was two Fighting with my family, How to Train Your Dragon Three, and I'm gonna see them both. It's gonna be dope. You know why I'm gonna see How to Train Your Dragon Three? Why is that? Because it's our spoiler episode this week. Segway. What? <laughs> oh, I ruined it by pointing it out. Oh uh, yeah. So uh, check out the shoutouts. Listen to Care for Me by Saba, please. If you listen to me, if you ever listen to me from anything that I. It wasn't my shout out this time, but if you ever listen to any of my opinions, it's that one. Listen to Care For Me by Saba. Fuck the also Grammys. Also, the, the Tiny Desk concert that's on His YouTube. Tiny Desk is so good. It's really fun. It's all songs off the album. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, so good. Uh, yeah, so Saba's Care For Me. And check out, uh, if you if you live by an AMC and you see more than three movies a month, I highly recommend getting the AMC Stubbs A-list thing. And their app's really easy to use, too. But yeah, come back later in the week. We're going to do our How to Train Your Dragon 3 spoiler episode. We'll probably go see it tomorrow, I'm going to guess. 
Uh, I just watched the first two to refresh myself and prepare. Mm-hmm. So I'm really excited. I'm going in. You're going raw. in cold. Yeah. You've seen them, but it, it, it it's <laughs> way back there. They're way back there. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm excited. I really like those movies. So I'm, I'm hyped for it. And uh, yeah, come back for that. Check us out on social media, Facebook and Instagram, the Chris and Kyle show. Hit us up on YouTube. Uh, hit us up on all podcasting platforms, like, share, rate. If you're on like iTunes and stuff like that, put some reviews or ratings. It, it's five stars, five stars. Yeah, it's good for podcasts to do that. It helps them. I think it's with like algorithms and stuff or something. It's weird. That's, it. I, that's like a thing. Yeah. Are you just saying that? I heard other podcasts <laughs> say it, so I'm going to carry it on. <laughs> and, uh, you know. Like and comment on YouTube and all that fun stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, find Chris, chrismichaelstott.com. Read yep. his scripts. Yep. Or Chris Michael Stott on Instagram. Mm. Find me, Devinwell25, Twitter and Instagram. And we out. We out. Stay weird. Peace. Peace.